We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This is Cheryl from Jajawarong Country. Welcome everyone to episode 136 of Beyond 90 The Pod. It's exciting to be here. I've got some interesting news at the moment. This must be the first pod in maybe a hundred or so episodes that Eric is missing the pod. He is flying home from New Zealand as we speak. So firstly, let me start out with a shout out for Eric. Um, may you have safe travels and get home safely with no delays at any airport. But on to the pod, my name is Cheryl Downs. I am joined by two amazing people in Madge and Stefan. Madge, how has your week been? How is your voice this week? My voice has finally recovered, which is nice. Um, only only took a few days this time. Um, but I'm, I'm wondering with Eric, he could have gotten on the plane Wi-Fi. We get Wi-Fi on the planes now and he could have like dialed in. But yeah, it's a, it's a shame that we can't hear his... Um, his wrap up of the of the playoff tournament in New Zealand, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I've had a good week. We'll have to bring that to you later, or not to you, but to everyone. Stefan, great to have you back on the pod as well. How have you been? Good, thanks. Hope you're both well. Uh, I had a wonderful time at a very colourful Canberra United event on the weekend, so looking forward to covering that and one or two other things. That is one of the exciting things about the weekend football has been around the um, the Pride Round or the Pride Cup and lots of pride colours around which has been wonderful but we before we go there let's start with our usual segment around episode number 136 Matilda's cap number 136 and I'll refer to my notes Emma Workus um, hopefully I've pronounced that roughly okay Emma congratulations for you on your Matilda's caps you debuted in 2005 and you played with the national team until 2007 I haven't actually got your grassroots club, but if anyone wants to throw that my way, let me know. I believe it may have been somewhere in South Australia at the very least. Seven A internationals, one non-A international. And um, Emma was a goalkeeper, so played alongside, I think there was a picture of her and Bubs with Lydia Williams as well, and you sort of go back in that year and they all looked so much younger. And I remember mostly them playing, so I don't know what that means about my age. Um, Emma played in the 2007 or she was in the 2007 World Cup squad. She also played in the W League for Adelaide United in 2008-2009 and with Perth Glory in 2009 as well. Now, Liana Baratti is one of our um, ex-contributors at Beyond 90. She's gone off to do more amazing things working with Football Australia and she wrote a wonderful article on Emma um, who had had or has a battle with cancer so in our show notes please go off and have a look at that Emma's football family and cancer battle um hopefully all is well for you Emma and really nice to have you as part of the history of the Matildas uh Stefan Madge either of you remember a, a goalkeeper from South Australia Adelaide have you ever seen any of Emma's games well, I think, no. yeah a little bit before my time but but also um, it's a testament because I, uh, you know, we've always had those great keepers coming through and and the fact that she's, you know, played alongside Bubs and, and Lydia Williams. Uh, and yeah, so obviously, uh, you know, great contributor to the game. 
Okay, good. All right. Well, let's move on to the hot topics and hot news of the week. There, I, I don't know how to describe it, but there have been so many games in football. And with so many games in football, I think it also brings up so much news, so much information, so many challenges. Why don't we start off with some World Cup news and some challenges for France? Stefan, do you want to take us through what you know? Sure. This is um, some troubling news, I guess, from the from the French Football Federation. Um, the Guardian um, broke an article on Saturday um, uh, with regards to uh, Wendy Renard, so you know one of the foremost players in the in uh, in women's football, um, and she's saying she's going, not going to participate in the forthcoming World Cup, and it's the decision is necessary to preserve her mental health. So. Um, there's been, I guess, a series of situations happening with that federation, um, with the French Federation for the last five years or so. Um, it seems that she's not the first uh, high-profile player to express some uh, some troubles with, with the situation there. Um, she's... Uh, when she made the announcement, she was supported by two other very high-profile players. You know, Wendy's got 140-odd caps for Le Bleu, and she uh, is supported by um, uh, Katoto and Diani, also, you know, also got over 100 combined appearances for France, and they, too, have announced they'd be stepping down from the national team until changes are made. So the changes, um, I think they're seeking are not just about the coach, which has been... Um, some of the some of the problem from from years gone by that players have alluded to, um, but it's also support from the federation itself. So uh, all three of them are basically saying they'll be stepping down until changes are made. So uh, really sad situation, but we sometimes see that these types of um, situations do come up in when high profile events. Uh, about to occur and uh, you know we've seen that ourselves with our own federation in the past um, so and this comes hot on the heels I guess of what's what the troubling scenes that we've seen uh, with the Spanish set up as well and um, and also the Canadian set up so um, I guess your thoughts Madge throw to you yeah I well I well actually I'm going to go really selfish first. I'm just like I just really want world football to get their act together because I don't want to be missing these fantastic players at our home World Cup. So I'm, that that's just my my initial selfish point of view. But yeah, I mean, um, it's really unfortunate that um, sometimes players are having to make these stands in order to improve um, conditions and and professionalism of the game. And one thing that that also I. I I find a little, a little hard to take is, is the varied reactions to players uh, either re you know, removing their services or speaking out about conditions that they're they're playing under. Like we've seen it, um, the consequences of silence in in the NWSL and um, women's football over in in the US, um, and uh, and even yeah, back to our Matildas, them them striking for better conditions and. I think um, too often people uh, can look to the authority of, of, of a coach as being sort of sacrosanct and something that, that shouldn't be questioned. And I think it's exacerbated 
when the professional standards of federations and how they treat their their teams within their structures when those structures and um, levels of professionalism aren't strong enough and, and don't have proper checks and balances is when you can see really horrible situations like we've seen happening all, all over the world uh, occur so I guess the hope is is that longer term um, all of these federations that, that that you know seemingly are not are not living up to you know expectations of of professional you know sporting standards should be lifting their game so that we don't see these sorts of situations blowing up in in such a um, a spectacular way and that both players and and staff coaching and and other support staff within within uh, federation structures are well protected and you know and and can go about everyone can go about their job in in a safe and, and respected manner for me I, I look at the big picture as well and say if if FIFA is at the top of the pile and, and I know that each federation has its own responsibilities but we've got this pretty big event coming up in 142 days so the Women's World Cup football tournament in Australia and New Zealand it's already been impacted significantly by so many women who have succumbed to ACL injuries. So we've got a couple of the top players in the world won't be there. Now we're looking potentially at not, not decimating, but significantly impacting some of the nations who are coming to play, some of the big nations. Some of them, like Spain, as we've just seen in the Cup of Nations, have a good amount of depth. So to some degree, it's maybe they'll be able to soldier on but they shouldn't have to. In an ideal world, everything was fair and well supported. I don't know what the circumstances are here and I don't want to jump the gun too much, but I'm sure if we use this example with Wendy Renard, that it would be a last resort, surely, to say, I'm not playing. Like that's not something that you take lightly. And she's not the first player to have done it. So systemically, in women's football, is there something that needs to be done broader than the member federations or the federations themselves? I, I don't know the answer. It's way above my pay grade. But the more that it comes out, it almost feels like we're coming up to a perfect storm moment. Um, and maybe that's a good thing for football, a very bad thing for football to have to be there. But get it all out, clean it all up, and let's, you know, let's make the game as amazing as it can be. I don't know. Hmm. As, a, as a bit of a postscript, the, uh, the French Executive Committee will, are going to meet tomorrow to address the issue. Um, but in perhaps a bit of a dig at the players, they've, they issued a statement saying they'd like to remind everyone that no individual is above the equipped de France institution. So interesting stance to take. Um, and perhaps alluding to their mindset going into that um, into that meeting. A um, couple other postscript things. Uh, we've got some really good resources for everyone to have a look at as background reading to this um, to this particular topic. So there's a nice timeline of events that you, you can see that we'll post as part of the podcast article. Uh, that's that's that was from uh, from on Twitter, and there's also a. Um, uh, the She Scores Bangers uh, YouTube channel um, has got a really good um, contextual uh, episode regarding 
uh, why are federations letting down their athletes and what's the history of the French Federation with respect to this, this issue? And that was uh, only issued uh, a day or so ago as well. So I can encourage, encourage you to have a look at those if you're interested. Thanks very much for the wrap on that, Stefan. I, look, I, I'm not agreeing with the French Football Federation, apart from to say I, un, I hear what they're saying about no player is above it. But if it's more than one player, it's not necessarily one player that's taking that stand. And it almost looks a little bit like they don't have their listening ears on. But stay tuned. I'm sure more will come out of that. Um, yeah. In other, sorry, go back. I, 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 I just also on that point, uh, I think this is, is one of those areas where men's sport, because it's been going for so long, I think in, in a lot of occasions, it, it, it's gotten into some really bad habits in some situations and, and having a different perspective with, with the growth of women's sport, like maybe there's different expectations that are coming into as to how these organizations should behave as well and should treat the people involved in their organizations. And, um, you know, and I think sport worldwide, there, there can be a lot of egos on all sides of an issue. And that's, yeah, definitely sounds like what that, that, French um, Federation response um, sounds very interesting. Sim similarly, with with the Spanish um, Federation's response to to their team as well. So, um, but I think it is is one of those cultural things where um, having a different perspective and 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 re-examining how the whole business of sport is done, uh, I think, would be really beneficial across the board. Thanks, Madge. Uh, just in other World Cup news, I've just put a link. Last last week we talked about it, the FIFA Unity pitch, so there's a quick link in there if you haven't already seen it. Now, in more general news around the world, obviously we're recording this podcast on Monday evening in Australia. The FIFA Best or FIFA the Best Awards, weirdest name ever, are being announced tonight, Australian time. So I'll update the show notes and we'll see how we go. We did talk about it last week. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how much attention people have been playing to women's football, but we've, yeah, we have already talked about that. In other news, and again, it's always up and down with some football news. There's one in there. Thank you to Peter Wright on Facebook, I think, for the tag on diagnosing head injuries, mental health, and especially for female or women athletes is crucial. Uh, that was a really interesting one because it doesn't, you don't go further than a week without a, a some sort of significant concussion. We saw Casey Dumont on the weekend wearing a concussion headband. I think it was the week before it was Ellie Brush. Tegan Micah was out of the Cup of Nations squad, or she was in the squad, but out of um, contention to be out on the field because of concussion. Are there more that I've missed? Are there more thoughts that people have about that in terms of the importance of mental health and diagnosing head injuries and support for women athletes? just add it to the list of of yeah of everything and 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 it's one of those uh emerging um fields where just more and more information because it's being researched more across the board um yeah we're just learning more and more um you know it seems like every year so uh ensuring that you know well our organizations are, are on top of the 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 best practice is yeah it's really important I think it's one of the biggest things that I worry about when I see a game, to be honest. The first one is we've seen so many ACL injuries that as soon as a player goes down, you kind of almost, your eyes are attuned to it. 
Um, but then with concussions, anytime I see something like that, I think it was the Cup of Nations match. Uh, Australia were playing, I can't remember who it was, but Steph Catley and Claire Polkinghorne collided. And I know, well, I think I know, that Steph Catley's had a couple of concussion um, situations. And then for Polks to sort of go off the field, it's it's nothing that you want any of those players to have. I think, who was the keeper? Um, Elise Campbell? I'm sorry if I've gotten that name wrong. Who, you know, she was kind of a, a pretty good keeper. Mm. But yeah, just I don't know whether or not she has disappeared, but you must get to the point where you think, you know, this is this is a bit wrong for me. It's a bit too much of a risk. All yeah, right, I think let's see that a few times in AFL as well. Like um, there's some players who just hang up the boots because they've just get too many concussions. And yeah, it's really important to manage. Yeah, and the flip side, not the flip side, but the other more um, acute variation of that is that you can have those concussions in the moment and you can recover in the moment. But the longer term impacts of that, I think are the significant thing that we don't know enough about right now. Let's talk about, let's flip back to some good news again, England, good and interesting, England versus Matilda's sold out in less than 24 hours. So that match was announced There's, uh, I think is it April 11th, we'll see the Matildas staying pretty much where they are. A lot of them are already based in the UK. They'll be playing England. The, the venue that they're playing at, I think, was 17, just over 17,000 seats, and that's already been sold out. I wonder whether or not they will change the venue, and I also wonder why they wouldn't have it at a bigger venue. Any, anyone have an inside update on that one? Just usual English snobbery of Australian football, I think. Yeah, it's like well well one, I think they're probably just continuing to underestimate the appetite of their own fans to see their own team. Um and and yeah, and probably underestimating um the draw card that the Matildas are. Yeah. Um speaking of Matilda's ticket sales though, um I understand that the Ireland game, the first game of the World Cup, only the tickets only lasted uh, 24 hours or so for that with the with the new allocation so oh, it wasn't even 24 hours I don't think it was like yeah. gone very very quickly of whatever whatever but not not sure what that allocation was I've heard different mm. people banding around numbers so I, I would hope there will still be more tickets in the next um, April release but yeah again uh, saw a few people sort of disappointed to miss out on tickets uh, yet again so yeah going gangbusters um and did i also see an announcement today about a farewell game there's going to be an announcement about the melbourne the marvel stadium uh game tomorrow apparently so we'll, i guess we're going to find out who it is germany oh. or france or that's, that's 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 the the word around town germany or france yeah. I didn't realise it wasn't official yet. I thought I'd already heard something. Look, I'll put it out there, official or unofficial. What I heard uh, was France. So, look, yeah. I, I I don't know. It makes so, sense. They're going to be in Australia. Um, I, I think France might be based in Melbourne. I can't, I can't remember where they're based um, for the World Cup. But, uh, yeah, makes sense to get a warm-up game if they're already here. And the next lot of tickets will be released, I think, with 100 days to go. So mark your calendars. Maybe that's April 11th. Um, yeah, but check in with that. Uh, and I think also while we're roughly on the topic, I think there was also on Facebook. So if you're not already in the Matildas and A-League Women's Supporter Group, Facebook group, whatever it's called, 
um, there was someone in there who posted a screenshot of an email that they had um, in theory received from Football Australia, which talked about a new kit coming for Australia in April. We kind of ex expected it. It's not necessarily a surprise or it's not a surprise, but to have a rough date for when it's coming, I think that's really nice. So save you money and hopefully there'll be a beautiful new kit coming out and they might even play in that kit when they're playing that match in the UK. Um, and then the final bit of news that I've got up there in our show notes in the news category is the Chinese Football Association has made women's teams mandatory for top flight clubs, not too dissimilar, I suppose, to the A-Leagues, um, although Canberra is a beautiful, wonderful exception to that, and we're very happy it shall be. Uh, you know, for me, it just looks to China and, and how much of a strength that they might grow into and their league might grow into as well. And I think that's really exciting. When you mandate something, I hope that they, I hope that clubs are, are ready for that and are committed to that as well, rather than just being mandated to them. And, and maybe we'll see some amazing women's football in a league in China. Terrific. All right. What's next on our list and who wants to take us through it? Uh, we already talked about Australia to play England. Oh, I got the date right. Very happy with myself for that. A uh, couple of nations. We won't really go through the results. Suffice to say that anyone who doesn't already know, Australia were champions of that um, for the second time in a row. I think, um, you know, that's that's super exciting for us. It's not always nice to lift a trophy, but it's... Um, only part of the bigger journey. The one thing that I wanted to bring up for discussion was, uh, so that Facebook group that I talked about before, it's gotten up to 6,000 members. I, I think that's brilliant to see an acceleration of growth in people being interested in, in listening to, reading about, or talking about women's football. Along with that comes a journey of people understanding women's football and the situation that the, the women players don't have everything on a platter, nor do men. But just in terms of a comparison, I'll, I'll open up with one example and then I'll throw to each of you to talk about it as well. There was some discussion around one player in particular. And I'll mention the player and just say, look, it was Larissa Crummer and people were saying that she was not very good, roughly paraphrasing what they were saying. And then my mind was kind of like, do I hop in there and... and have my say and just sort of bring them back to reality a little bit. And the reality that I see is that Larissa Crummer is not a contracted Matilda. So her salary is not here and I'm doing visuals. It's, it's not high. It's lower than that. She plays for Brisbane Raw, which is, you know, at best, yes, there's a collective bargaining agreement, but again, not a highly paid professional footballer. So drop that needle a little bit further and I, I think to the best of my knowledge, and Madge, you might be closer to, to some of this than me, but probably working another job as well. So when we're looking at the players and we're, if we're measuring that player against someone like, you know, Sam Kerr or someone in a similar position, I think that say what you want, but be aware of the circumstances of where that player is. And I'm I'm pretty sure that if you put Larissa Crummer in a, full-time professional, you know, every minute, every day, this is your, your bread and butter. This is what you do every day. I'm sure that we would see improvement. I don't know whether or not she would ever be Australia's next best player, but, you know, she's not in those circumstances. So don't measure her against that. And I just want 
you know, a little bit of fairness to to build into the psyche of, of people who are watching women's football. And just to understand the circumstances, we are in a new era, I think, for women's football, where you do have a couple of these players who've gone off to the UK and getting big money. But it wasn't that many years ago that we were nowhere close to that. So if you're a new fan, um, you know, just be cognizant of where these players have come from and how hard they have all worked to be where they are. Rant over, throw over to you, Madge, and, and Stefan after that, hopefully. Yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm going to take it a, a step further in that even if they were all professional, I, I think I think social media has has encouraged some pretty poor behaviour in people and and. I think I said on Twitter, um, someone was probably talking about some of the discussions that had been that had been happening on the Facebook group, and and you know I see it, you know, in so many posts just after it, like the Matildas put up a post, and you just will have response after response, just sometimes really obnoxious and you know borderline offensive um, opinions, and. I think people just need to have a, a, a long, hard think about whether or not the thought that's in their head needs to be written on the internet. Um, <laughs> and that's not saying that you can't criticise. And I think and I think a lot of these posts start off, you know, reasonably okay, but people just can't seem to help themselves from just tipping over into just a, a, a really nasty side. And it's just sort of just pull yourself back and and just think about because the the delivery matters um there's there's lots of people who who read these this stuff and 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 you see it from like you know famous players as well talking about you know the abuse that they receive and and it's not that far of a step from accepting um discussing a game and calling it constructive criticism but no a lot of the time it's 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 it is stepping it's starting to step over the line not always but it, it does start to step over the line into just a pretty just rank people just wanting to have a spit because they they just they didn't like the performance that they saw I mean that's fine you didn't like it but just how many times do people have to go and say the same thing over and over again in in different nasty ways it's I don't know just be nice be nicer people and it doesn't mean that it's not criticism that's the thing it's like and it really annoys me when you have that thrown back at you yes we but um and I feel like there's probably some people who can have that conversation in a mature and and constructive way but then it always just gets spoiled by someone or some people just a few and then it can just so easily descend into chaos. Very good thoughts. Thank you, Madge. Stefan? Yeah, I agree entirely with you, Madge. Um, it's pretty natural, I think, to, to, want to want to speculate around the squad composition, knowing that we've got a couple of changes coming into the Matilda squad. We know that the numbers will be cut slightly from what we have now. So everyone's got their own thoughts about that, but I agree totally. Let's keep it classy. But Clark, very good. Let me quickly. I'm um, I'm always on a on the lookout Pod for name. a nice title. Yeah. 
All right, let's not have too much dead air and let me go back and have a look at what's next on our list of things to talk about. We talked about it, the new kit um, in Dub News. So we're rolling into Dub now, and I think Stefan was going to take a, a bit of a chunk of this, but uh, Chloe Legazzo departed Western United to head back to um, uh, Kansas City or KC, whatever it's called these days. So I think that will be a significant loss to them. We did see Melbourne victory without Chids this weekend as well as the players. And I, I think the sort of pre-season is ramping up over in the NWSL. But uh, yeah, did you want to take us through a couple of those results, Stefan, and then throw, of course, to Madge for Brisbane and I can vaguely help out with Melbourne victory Adelaide as well. You are mute, Stefan. Very happy to talk about the first one on our, on our list, which is the Cambria United 3 0 win over Western Sydney Wanderers. What, what an amazing occasion that was on Saturday. Um, hugely enjoyable. Um, our photographer, I think, Anthony Caffrey, who does amazing work for us at Beyond 90, he would have had a ball with all the colour just on display as part of the Pride Cup celebrations. And um, I think we're getting a gallery out um, of, of his work. Um, but also, uh, met up with a first-time Western Sydney Wanderers fan, Megan Borg, who travelled down for the first time to McKellar Park um, to witness the game. And um, she put up a very nice um, Twitter thread, um, which I think uh, was also encapsulated in a single Facebook post, which so I hope we, we link to, to that as well. But um, she just took some um, amazing shots of all the all the um, little little bit little um efforts that combined to make it an entire fabulous whole of the um, celebration of the, of the Pride Cup and McKellar Park that day. So uh, it went from corner flags to numbers on backs of jerseys to painted um, technical areas um, to flags hanging over balustrades um, uh, to merchandise that was freely, freely available on the, on the way in. And I'm going to talk about that. Uh, side of things a little bit later in the in the podcast but um just a wonderful occasion and I just I came away from that day feeling a lot of pride about my own club uh, can be a night supporter of course um so how apt that um feeling proud about our club's efforts celebrating the pride club uh cup and um just that message of acceptance and uh inclusion and uh just a wonderful occasion and you just know that that the club isn't paying lip service. It's um, it's something that's that's uh, you know the club takes seriously um, at all times. I think, and you can see that even on you know on the rainbow uh, lettering on our strips and on the training jersey and uh, the way the players talk about it as well. So fabulous occasion. So yeah, I, I have a look at the um, some of the threads. I I think and the and the photos that were were going to be put up as part part of the. Uh, um, the output this week and um, the game itself. I guess we should talk a little bit about that. We, um, Cambria United won 3 0, uh, two early goals by Michelle Heyman. Michelle's found a favourite spot, I think, on the clubhouse end of that of the pitch. She seems to do very well just outside the, the penalty area uh, with uh, successful shots from outside that area, sneaking into the bottom left corner. So she did the trick again in this game, uh, I think, with a really early goal capitalising on some very good refereeing from Georgie Ghirardello, who let the play continue to Canberra's advantage when um, I think Vesna Milivojevic was was um, was sort of hindered in her progress by Sheridan Gallagher. Um, and Michelle repeated the uh, 
the the um, the pain, I guess, for the Wanderers. Uh, about 20 minutes later, uh, really really menacing with the uh, weaving runs in and around the edge of that box and um, just taking full advantage. Um, it was really good to see um, a number of the international players who had started on the international week um, starting in the lineup. So I know Grace Jale, I think, got got um, carte blanche just to play 30 minutes or so, just to get out there and show what you can do before she came off. But Malia Steinmetz as well for the Wanderers played after that, that game the day before in, in New Zealand against Argentina. Uh, Claire Hunt backed up from against the the um, you know the Matildas game, so uh, good lineups. I think the Wanderers missed Serena Bolden up front though. Um, they were probably a little unlucky. They they hit the woodwork twice um, through through Sophie Harding, who was a menace all game for the Wanderers, but they, they did miss Bolden. Um, but the highlight for me was uh, football wise was was the amazing team goal by. Mm. By Cambria United in that second half, which uh, one touch football all the way from the back line through Michelle Heyman, through uh, Nikki Flannery, across to Sasha Grove, who scored her first goal. And what a cracker to score as your first goal. So uh, well done, Sasha, for making that run to get down there. And again, proving her versatility in this league, uh, playing in all sorts of different positions and roles as the coach requires. So yeah, really good, really good win. I, th I think it was probably. Um, the three nil score line probably could have been a little bit closer, given what we saw, what um, the threats that um, that Western Sydney Wanderers threw up. So it'll be very interesting to see how the return league goes in a couple of weeks up up there. Terrific wrap up. Thank you, Stefan. Um, can I interrupt for a moment and just say the only problem I have with Canberra, or in particular with Michelle Heyman, is that why isn't she aging like a normal person? <laughs> like I, I just don't know what's going off um, over there. Maybe must be something in the water. But it's so brilliant and amazing to see Michelle Heyman continue to play that well. Um, but also the other thing I wanted to call out, and sorry if I did interrupt, was really just about how Canberra has always embraced pride, mm. and I, I feel like you talked about the genuineness of that. And I'm not saying that the rest of the um, the league getting on board isn't genuine, but it just kind of does annoy me a little bit that, you know, come to the party late and it's your party. Actually, the party was already started and, you know, you've you've turned up and that's great. I'm not saying don't come to the party, but, yeah, um, special kudos, I suppose, is what I should say to Canberra for their, um, their commitment for so many years. So, yeah, much appreciated. Hmm. Madge, would you like to talk about the, the Perth and Raw game? Oh, would I like to? Um, <laughs> no, not, yeah, I mean, Perth, looking pretty good. Um, so, yeah, Perth and Canberra, both there ready to make their run at finals and and Brisbane Raw um, on the receiving end of, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, thank God we've got Katrina Gorey is all I can say. She was still looking amazing, but she was looking like a bit, a bit of a lone hand there for, for the Brisbane Raw, just not able to really sort of connect connect through to sort of get that final pass to get some quality shots. We're also missing um, Hensley handcuff uh, in goal. She'd just come back from France and under, under 21 USA um, team call up. So um, assuming she was having a bit of a rest, I'm hoping that she wasn't too injured, but yeah, I mean, for Perth, um, Hannah Lowry was, you know, just, you know, really on fire and Sophia Sakalis as well, um, playing really well for them. Um, 
it was unfortunate the, the first goal a bit of a mistake from from the replacement uh, from uh, Bella Shuttleworth so slipping over kicking the ball out and it landed right for Hannah Lowry to just uh, lob it into the goal so that one was unfortunate but then uh, yeah but then a really another a really classy goal from Hannah Lowry again to make it 2-0. I was actually quite happy um, from a Brisbane perspective uh, with the energy like after because they took Katrina Gorry off for a well-earned rest after you know leaving the Matildas and going straight to Perth along with Larissa, Larissa Crummer as well but she um she took an early uh, early mark and Kaya Stevenson I mean Sean Fryer always comes on and brings a lot of energy but Kaya Stevenson so the young QAS product um I thought really looked really strong and um I actually wouldn't mind potentially seeing her you know play with Gory a bit more um really good ball skills could be some interesting combinations there um but yeah so promising signs in the second half I thought once Gory um, went off that yeah Perth might really run over run over the top of um, Brisbane but yeah they held strong and sort of a you know still showed some some um you know some good play in the in the second half there but yeah yeah it was Perth's game totally and deserved result and that puts Perth in a pretty good situation for finals, the run-up to the finals, particularly with, I think, uh, victory not necessarily bagging all the points. It's getting tight towards the end. So, yeah, nice. Doesn't Perth have that really tough run of, like, three games in in not very long after that? Um, that Thanks Sydney, to Sydney. That, yeah, after that was... So oh, that, that's, that's just a Sydney. challenge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it'd be very interesting in the last two or three games to see how they go because I think Canberra come up against a couple of the Melbourne teams away in that time as well. So whichever of those two teams meets the challenge best might uh, might be the ones who, who get through. So, yeah. Uh, on to the rest of the results that we can see there for the dub this round. So Wellington went down nil one or zero one to Sydney FC. Interesting, Sydney have been super on form and, and just a one nil victory. I didn't see the match, so I don't know, but I think it goes to show that Phoenix are, are not easy beats. They might be, you know, bottom of the ladder, but there is no the bottom of the ladder is just kind of a superficial thing. On the day, things can happen. Um, and in one of the other matches, Newcastle Jets, red card in the 18th minute, I think it was. I'm not too sure. Against Western United, who had a 6-0 victory, which is very nice for their goal difference should they need it. I'm not sure that they will. Um, I think either Eric or Dale, I can't recall, wanted to give a shout-out to the puppy mascots that Newcastle Jets brought out. Um, for me, I didn't really understand it. Maybe someone can explain it to me. I just kind of think, were the puppies okay? Did they get scared thinking about my dogs? But <laughs> hopefully it was just a, hopefully it was just all a, a lovely experience for the puppies. I think it was to promote, um, I haven't looked it up, but I believe it was to promote um, a rescue. So they were ah. all, all puppies um, um, up for adoption. Beautiful. And how many did you adopt, Madge? Well, if I'd been at the not, game, not yet. <laughs> um, I may have been in trouble and may have had a few passengers in, in the car back with me, but thankfully I was not at the game. You're <laughs> too slow. Grace Gill said she was adopting them all, so you're too slow. Yeah. <laughs> How good is Grace Gill? Like, yeah. you know, just coming up in conversation, listening to the broadcasts over the, the past couple of weeks, I think Grace Gill has just really 
setting a standard for how much she knows about the game, how much she researches about the game. She's not the only one. There's plenty of others out there. Plenty is a stretch. Um, there are other people who are doing a, a good job as well. But, geez, Grace, um, shout out to you. You are doing a great job and, and, you know, certainly like to listen to the football when you're commentating. That's not true for all commentators. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, anyway, let's move on from that. And for Western United, not only did they have a big win in the game, but they've got a big win already for next season with Hannah Keane signing for the season already. So that's super exciting news for them. And then the last match that we had for the round was the Pride Cup match between Melbourne Victory and Adelaide United. I think, for me, I feel like a two-all game was a fair result as much as I think Melbourne Victory probably demonstrated that they were roughly the better team on the day. I'm not saying by a large margin, but, you know, a couple of lapses and Adelaide were able to score. So I think it was a fair result. It was a pretty good game to watch. So, yeah, I think the dub, the dub is in good hands. Can't complain when you get a banger goal to, to salvage a point. That was some goal from Zimmerman at the end. That's very true. And aren't we, we're a bit spoilt for banger goals at the yeah. moment. So people maybe uh, don't necessarily appreciate them, but there have been some really good goals. And, and yeah, certainly Katrina Gorry just likes to set the standard. Oh, just do it like this. She's top job. Uh, next week in football, we've got one catch-up match on. So that's a round 10 catch-up match between Sydney and Western United. I haven't actually written down what day, but I think it's a Saturday or a Sunday rather than midweek. And then there's um, all the other matches. We won't go into too much detail. I think the big match really is that catch-up between uh, Sydney FC, who are second on the ladder at the moment, against Western United, who are top of the table. So the other matches are sort of a, a little bit here and there. Um, Perth Glory, obviously, a bit of a chance to take away a couple of points, but it depends if the Wanderers come with their, their Super A game. They could be you know, really putting on a, a strong competition. Melbourne Victory have a bye, so good luck and nice relaxing for them. I feel like we've been chatting for a while, but if we go around the world and just do some wrap-ups of the um, the world results, uh, very disappointing, I, I suppose, for us that Eric's not here to talk about the intercontinental playoffs where we saw Haiti, Portugal and Panama all qualifying for the World Cup. I think it's the first time for all three nations. Think so. I there's someone did a post about it, and um, I know for definite definitely for um for Panama and I think Haiti. I'm not a hundred percent sure about Portugal though. Um, but yeah, I I put probably the the I know if you were watching the game, there were a lot of Chile fans um there for that Group B final. So, and look, hats off to Haiti. I you know, love to see first timers um, qualifying as well, but. Uh, I'm just imagining how good it would have been to see Chile uh, in Australia. That that would have been, you know, fantastic with the with the large community here. But um, yeah, um, hopefully the the Haitian community come comes out in force as well. Absolutely, and we didn't talk about it, but I think after that result for Chile, it was um, the entire coaching team had been sacked. So maybe that was something that there was on their list of things to do and they didn't quite get it done. And, yeah, so it's accountability from the players, from the coaches. I wonder whether or not it's from the federation as well. Um, in more news around the world, France were the champions of their own tournament. So I suppose hopefully that's something good for them, given the turmoil that they're in. The Pinotar Cup saw Iceland take that away. 
These are all in the show notes. The Revelations Cup was an interesting one, which was Nigeria, Costa Rica, Mexico, and Colombia were playing in that one. And I think it was Mexico and Colombia finished with exactly the same goal difference, exactly the same points, exactly the same results against the same teams, including a one-all draw against each other. So it went into the how do you classify who won the tournament? And I'll read it through. Sorry if you get bored. The first thing is points, normal goal difference, normal goal scored, head-to-head. The fifth thing is head-to-head goal difference. The sixth thing is head-to-head number of goals scored. We're up to think six things and we still couldn't break them. The seventh and final thing is FIFA ranking. So Colombia ranked 27th in the world outranked Mexico 35th and they were called the champions so pretty tough one to take um Mexico here I am like thinking rankings mean you know only a little bit that 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 had that had hurt yeah (laughs) you you would have hoped you paid played just a few more games to get the ranking up um and hopefully the rankings go up rather than down um the Cyprus Cup saw Finland take that one away the Arnold Clark Cup England won that one some nice results for them she believes cup Saw the USA win that one. They had some pretty good competition. Canada obviously going through some challenges with their own federation at the moment. Japan, Yuki Nakasato had actually called out, I don't know if she was calling out her federation, but calling out generally for better broadcasting. I think she said that the match wasn't available live streamed, which we talked about last week on this pod. And she said, I think it was five days later that it was available on YouTube. So, look, it's it's not just us as fans who might want to see some of these matches, but the players who commit their lives to playing this kind of stuff want to watch it as well. So I hope it gets better. Um, in the Turkish Women's Cup, the champions were Kosovo. They were undefeated. A couple of friendly matches as well. Germany, Sweden was nil all. China, Ireland was nil all and then a couple of results New Zealand obviously Eric was at these games but they had an aggregate three nil loss against Argentina in two matches and then the final match I've got scribbled down is Netherlands defeated Austria four nil let's roll into FA before we do I just wanted to quickly like uh, I saw that Ireland have announced a couple of games against the USA so that's a good opportunity for us to see how our group opponents go against some tough competition so yeah, I like that. So that I'm assuming that's the April window, right? I think so, yes, yeah. Very nice call out. Thank you. Um, women's FA Cup, we're into the fifth round. I feel like, uh, Stefan, do you want to have a turn of talking? I don't need to talk all the time. Sure. Um, yeah, I didn't see any of these, but here, here goes anyway. Um, FA Cup fifth round, Brighton and Hove Albion five, Coventry nil, Bristol City one, Manchester City eight. So a huge win uh, in that game. Um, Sam Kerr's Chelsea, 2-0 over Arsenal. Uh, so that's a, a strong win. Um, and step in if anyone saw any footage about this or, or wants to talk about it. But uh, I saw Sam score a goal. Hmm. So And there was a there was a cute little social post I, I think I saw on TikTok as you're scrolling away as you do. And they, they had a little chant, Madge, you'd be happy with this one, saying she's something around the lines of she's got jet lag and she's still better than you. <laughs> to which to which like Sam it. turned around and gave him a bit of a clap. So I think she was pretty happy with that. And Sam um, actually making her 100th appearance for Chelsea as well. It, it just, like, that's fascinating to me to think that Sam has not been here playing for a while, given that once she's been playing in Chelsea, she's been pretty much just dedicated there, right? We used to share her in the NWSL days, but no longer. 
Gone so quick, hasn't it? That's uh, it's amazing. Uh, Lewis, 6-1 over Cardiff. And this was Lewis's first appearance at this uh, stage of the Cup, as I understand it. Um, Tottenham Hotspur, 0. Reading, 0. And finally, West Ham United at 1. And Aston Villa, 1. Thank you very much. We've got heaps more results there. I don't want to spend too much talk, time talking about it. The next thing we should um, talk about, actually, though, is Ellie Carpenter made her starting return for Lyon. She played 68 minutes and was just casually named player of the match. So well, wonder, well done, Ellie. I think that's nice, certainly when we're looking at, and we haven't talked about really um, squads or anything like that, but you'd like to think that Ellie's a good chance to be in there, but that poses different questions for other players. <laughs> that poses nothing but goodness as far as I'm concerned. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's um, any, any, any bad questions or options being raised about bringing Ellie Carpenter into, into the team. Um, uh, if we're talking about Charlie Grant, um, we can absolutely use Charlie Grant. Um, still in the squad, and just it makes makes me feel happy yep. that um, even if a Charlie Grant doesn't start, we might have a Charlie Grant on the bench. I'm happy. Yeah. Take them all. Yep. <laughs> uh, what else should we talk about that's exciting? Um, tomorrow night, I think, or maybe it's Wednesday morning, the Women's DFB Cup quarterfinals are on. Stefan, I don't know if you're closer to that action than me. While we don't necessarily have any Aussies playing in that, I mean, if it's broadcast, it'll be nice to watch uh, Cologne v. Wolfsburg, Carl Zeiss Jena or Jena against Freiburg, Leipzig against SGS Food, TSG Hoffenheim against Bayern Munich as well. So some big matches there. And I kind of like it when we're towards the end of um, some of the leagues, but also you get some of these cups coming through as well, which is super exciting. Um, in the show notes, I've got some news there about state football, but for the moment, we'll swing away from that. And we might get into our Queens, Kings and non-binary characters of the week. Madge, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm going to stick with the with the pride round, but just, you know, I, I love giving kudos to effort. So I've just got to give a big shout out to um, Grace, uh, Grace Wilson, the um, bench uh, goalkeeper for Adelaide United and her absolutely amazing hair. Um, go check it out. I'm pretty sure the, the A-League's Twitter account um, reposted it, but just the best uh, peroxide blonde with a rainbow uh, racing stripe, basically. Just just the best. Very nice. And Stefan, how about you? Yeah, mine's also Pride Round themed, um, although I'm very happy with Dale's selections too this week. So good on you, Dale, in, in advance. But um, I mentioned before about um, the free... The, the handout merch at the Cambria United game. And they, that was all provided by a group called Meridian ACT. And they are a, um, a wellbeing community organisation. I think they're volunteer run. Um, and they, they focus on health, uh, community and social support services for Canberra's LGBTQIA plus community. So, um, and they had an amazing array of, of goodies there to hand out. It was all free. Um, they, there was a lot of interest in their stand. Um, I have to say they hand, they, the way they approached it was, it was incredible. Um, if you wanted to talk about what, what they did and what services they offered, they were happy to talk, but otherwise they were just happy just to hand out, you know, some merch. I got some very colorful uh, lanyards, for example, which were amazing. Um, so I just wanted to, to call that out. And I think we've got a link in the show notes 
for that service, the valuable service that they provide for for the, the community there. And uh, yeah, just wanted to to, um, to shout them out. So they are my kings and queens of the week. Oh, the other, Stefan? Sorry, the other thing I wanted to say was um, the one of the reasons that they were so valuable and what they did on the day was that I spoke to the, the main merchandise tent for Cambria United uh, and they were hamstrung about what they were able to uh, put out for display for sale because it's all licensed. So the fact that Meridian came in and fill, were able to fill that gap with um, the support for all the Pride merch was was really, really awesome. So good on them. Yeah, yeah shout out. Really valuable services. Uh, why don't you take us through Dale's stuff as well? Yeah, uh, Dale called out Sasha Grove for her first A-League W goal. So um, that's the one I'm thrilled about. But he also uh, mentioned, um, praised the Pashiktas. Uh, and which which league is this? Is this Turkey or something? Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, it's their, their fans for showering the pitch with teddy bears for all the kids in the Turkish quake zone on the weekend. So two really good shout-outs there, Dale. Yeah, very nice. Um, I'll take us through Eric's and I'll go through mine as well. So Eric, um, Carol Costa scored a 94th minute penalty to send Portugal to their first Women's World Cup. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Qualified our own question. Thank you very much, Eric. Always helpful. Um, his second one is for Lyneth Sedeño. I'm sorry if I have stuffed that up. He's even provided me with pronunciation notes, but uh, scored the goal that gave Haiti their first Women's World Cup qualification as well. And then third and final for Blacktown City player Grant Lynch, who I think he backed up his own game by getting out and supporting the rest of Blacktown with some physio services as well. So thank you very much for that. Um, for me, a couple of queens of the week, and one of them really quite special. I think Emma Checker did a little bit of social around her experience as um, identifying as part of the GLBTIQA plus community. And... You know, I, I didn't have a dig before, but, you know, I, I to me, this is so important. I don't necessarily want people just on the bandwagon. I, I want them to really understand what it means to us. And I don't think that there was, for me, anything really better than Emma Checker showing what it meant to her and her personal experience with her family and stuff. So, you know, absolutely thankful to have support from everyone. But that story for me was just really, really valuable and important. And I hope that everyone out, out there feels that they have the support that they need. If they don't, and this is not a public service announcement, maybe we should put some links in, in the show notes or something for anyone who's out there and doesn't feel like they have the support. Feel free to reach out to me if you want or anyone on the pod maybe. And I'm sure that we'll do what we can to support you. But that one, that one really tugged for me. The other thing that tugged bloody Marie Cote Rojas, um, you know, she means a lot to Australian football fans. I, I think from she's a, a player from Chile, but she calls this her second home. She's playing, she's been playing with Melbourne City, but I know that she has played for Sydney FC, but started, I think, at Canberra. Am I making that up, Stefan? Adelaide? Adelaide, well? yeah. Adelaide. Then Canberra, yep. Yeah, so she has been such a big part of the Australian football community. Part of Chile obviously didn't make the World Cup. She um, she was on the, I think, on the Dub Zone or on the A-League Women podcast and, you know, she was talking about it and, you know, it, it just really hits hard when you you work so hard and you don't quite make it. But shout out to her for being being on there and, yeah, just talking about and not for herself. one. I, I think she 
was the goal scorer um, in that game as well. So she came on as, as a sub. So, yeah, not for want of trying. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and also the weirdest maybe podcast shout out. I was mowing the lawn. We've got an acre and a half out here in beautiful Trenton. I was mowing the lawn, listening to a podcast as I like to do. And I want to give a shout out to a pod episode on the Game Changers, which is by Sue Anstis. If you haven't heard of it, go off and have a listen. But this particular episode, I, I think, was a um, just a repeat of something that they'd had on before on Scottish Trailblazer Rose Riley. What a character! I feel like saying what a bloody character. She had such an amazing story of her journey through playing football when it wasn't something that women should do and when it wasn't something that her parents necessarily thought was a good thing to do. But oh, it's a great listen, so get out there and have a listen to it. Anything else, anyone? I'd probably actually just in uh, along the same lines as the Emma Checker story, probably just give a shout out to Sam Lewis's article on Chloe Legazo as well. So that's probably worthwhile throwing there in, in the, the pod notes as well. Very good. Thank you very much for that. Well, thank you, both of you. Loved having, uh, loved being back on the pod again. Loved chatting with both of you. Um, shout out to Dale and Eric. Hopefully they'll be joining us back soon. What we didn't talk about, and we'll have to come back to talk about it next week, is the squad has been announced for the young Matildas, I think it is. So there's plenty to go on there. But lots to talk about as I said last week if you like the pod please give us a review make sure you listen tell your friends tell one friend that'd be great for us as we're growing and heading towards the the world cup thank you all talk to you again next week see you